Oren B. Andy G. Oh, mate. What have you done to your teeth? You look like a toothless hillbilly. Yeehaw, big boy. Um, <laughs> well, it's an old injury. My my uh, right front tooth is cracked in half. Um, my wife even says that I've got a bit of a lisp as well when I talk because, <laughs> um, because yeah, it, it, it does make me talk a little bit different uh, until I can get it fixed. Um, yeah. But, yeah, my tooth, it's a, it's a funny old story. And my, my tooth, when I was about 14 years old, I locked my brother out of the house um, and he was banging on the window to come back in. So I pushed my face up against the window and pulled faces at him and he smacked the window again and it broke my tooth. Ooh, um, ouch. Yeah, so my tooth took the brunt of the impact. Did and it break the glass? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. My, my tooth was what broke. <laughs> um, and that'll teach me. And I, I never pulled faces at him through the window again or locked him out of the house. But yeah, it's it's sure. had about five caps on it since it happened. And um, I'll tell you, yesterday afternoon it broke off again because Mia, my younger, my middle daughter, she's uh, doing gymnastics class at the moment and I took her on Saturday and she did really well. And I thought I'd get her and my oldest daughter a treat. So I bought them a bag of Skittles. <laughs> love, I love Skittles, mate. They're such beautiful lollies. Anyway, I had a couple of Skittles yesterday. And I was chewing them, and I thought, fuck, that's a hard one. <laughs> and the bloody Skittles. Because, you know, when you chew Skittles, it's just like this big chewy mess. Because I, yeah, I, yeah. I chuck about 20 in at once. So. Anyway, yeah, a big gooey ball. Yeah, so I, I actually pulled this big gooey ball out. Still hadn't realized <laughs> uh, that I had this gap in the front of my mouth. But when I had a look at it, I was like, shit, that's weird. And, and I ran my tongue along my teeth, and oh, sure enough, the fucking things come off. So here I am with one and a half front tooth. So all I want for Christmas is a new front tooth, a new front tooth. <laughs> yeah. So what are you going to do to get it done? They just, well, they well, do just stick a new piece on. Yeah, they do. The, um, the dentists, in fact, the last one I had, uh, well, no, two caps ago, the dentist actually put two titanium rods into what was left of my original tooth. Because what you're seeing is, my real tooth, a half that's left. Yeah. And the um, a dentist, a couple of dentists ago, put these two titanium rods in and then just built around it with this resin and hardened it with a UV light. But now the last dentist that did it decided that, oh, no, you don't need the titanium rods because the way I'm going to do it is going to last longer. And <laughs> it was a dentist in Thames. I won't name them. But um, it's only lasted. They make a bit of extra coin or something, did they? Yeah, it's only lasted about three years, which is like the shortest it's ever lasted. So Mm. I've got to go to the dentist where I am this week and just say, hey, look, here's the situation. It's Christmas in two weeks. I realize you guys are busy. They're booked up until February because there's like online booking. So you can see when there's a space. Sometimes if it's an emergency like that, though, they'll, um, you know, they'll they'll, they'll slot you in and fix it because sort of urgent. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to go in there with a nice smile. Oh, I can't. I've got to wear a mask. Pull it down and go, ooh. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> hey, can you flex my tooth for me? Um, so, yeah, hopefully I can get that sorted. But anyway, that's my story. And I do feel like a bit of a dick because of the whole situation. You know, um, it was a stupid way that I did it originally and a stupid way to lose like my fourth or fifth cat by chewing Skittles. But just quickly, before I ask you how you've been, for the last four episodes, because we do this on video call, I, I've had this, this, this moustache has been superimposed onto my face and I just can't figure out how to turn it off. And I thought everything is off, like the filters are off. There's no reason why this video call should be putting this moustache on me. And then I realized just before you, you joined in that um, there is an extra setting, which is called studio settings or something, and it gives you different moustaches and eyebrows and things like that. And it's been set to this one particular moustache. And for like, the, the, I don't know if you've noticed, but <laughs> for the last three or four episodes, I I've actually had this, did. Yeah, I've had this friggin' moustache yeah, on my face. <laughs> I can't I turn it off. I was thinking, oh, he's got pretty bad five o'clock shadow for the last little <laughs> while. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm just like, I can't turn this thing off. So I'm just going to try and live with it. But now I've turned it off. And I, look, <laughs> I was going to say I look normal again, but I don't with one and a half teeth. <laughs> yeah. Got no beard, but you've got half a tooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Anyway, how have you been, mate? Good, mate. Good, yeah. Got all your teeth. Had a nice weekend away at the beach with the family. So. That's always, that's always a bonus. A couple of, another mate of mine went over with his boat and his family, so we did a bit of a joint venture on uh, Saturday, launched the boats together and sort of thought, oh, we'll head around to the Marine Reserve and go for a bit of a snorkel and 
and, and you know, chuck the kids in the water, but go around there and it was swell direction coming from one direction and chop on top coming from the other direction and it was as rough as guts. So we p- pounded our way through it, tried to find somewhere sheltered and couldn't, and did this big circuit around the marine reserve and come all the way back and then all ended up back in the Poorangi Reserve in the, in the actual estuary and uh, tied ourselves to a tree and had to swim off the back of the boat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> back in the Poorangi Reserve. In the, so out, yeah. outside outside of the marine reserve, though, where you're allowed to get crazed, did you actually get crazed? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, mate and I jumped in the boat yesterday and uh, – yeah, we shot out and jumped over the side and did a couple of tanks each. Just thought we'd give it a go. I thought it was going to be quite hard going, but it, there's quite a lot of craze around. They, eh? um, he, well, my mate, as per usual, he's not exactly the best cray hunter in the world. He didn't get any, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I ended up getting six. So I got six nice crays. So you're only allowed three each. So we had we took three each home. A couple of nice crays, and there's plenty around. But it was good. It was good diving. Nice diving. Oh, good one, man. Nice. I haven't been for a dive. I'm getting I'm getting too fat to get into my wetsuit. That's the problem. <laughs> the thing is, mate, you're saying that there are lots of crows around. Do you know why though? It's because there's 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 no tourists or anyone allowed there at the moment, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, time for the counting and the jingle. I think this time, because it is this time of year, we'll get Santa to do it this time, mate. So Santa, take it away. Ho, ho, ho. Thank you very much, Andy. Here we go. Two, three, four, five, tools down, up the mic. <laughs> a trainee guy, a radio guy, two best mates chatting on the fly. We're musos, we're dads, we're completely the same. We'll yarn about anything, it's all fair game. One hits nails, and one nails hits. We'll review good beers and just shoot the sh**. We're R&B and Andy G. And this is Tradio. Tradio. So it is now episode eight. We've been doing this for 16 weeks, mate. 16 weeks of Tradio, roughly. Yes. Time flies when you're having fun, eh? It does, doesn't it? You are with Oren, the tradie, and Andy, the guy that apparently looks like the Dumb and Dumber dude with his broken front too. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what one of my friends said to me, eh? I, I, I did. I posted a photo on Facebook saying all I want for Christmas is an ear front tooth, and people had a field day with it, so, you know, fair <laughs> enough. I asked yeah. for it. Um, you opened yourself up for that one. <laughs> yeah. I knew it was going to happen, though, because... I know my friends. Kia ora to our radio podcast listeners all over the world. Uh, we've got Canada, Italy, uh, the UK, Australia, Romania, Argentina. We've got the motherland, New Zealand, plus welcoming a new listener from Ohio in the USA. But here's the thing, though. I hope our listeners in Illinois and Arkansas are okay after that devastating tornado there over the weekend that carved like a 365-kilometre track that they reckon could uh, rival the longest on record. It ripped across the middle of the USA. It's killed countless numbers of people. Um, It's hit and destroyed parts of Arkansas, Illinois, Kentucky, Missouri, Mississippi, and Tennessee. So we hope you and yours are okay. Not good. That's incredible, eh? That's a massive tornado to go that distance. I was saying to some of my colleagues at work today, imagine if that happened in New Zealand. It would just rip rip us off the map, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Half the country would be gone. Oh, exactly. (laughs) That's just that's just insane. Um, the the pictures were not flash to see. So no, um, I actually saw them. Believe it or not, I saw them for the first time tonight. I got told yesterday about it by someone, and they said, "Oh, have you seen the news about the tornado over there?" And I said, "Nah." So I had a look tonight and they had a bit more on it. And man, the devastation is incredible. It looks like a war zone. Yeah, know? it's terrible, isn't it? And there's even even video surfaced of people that were within the rubble of their houses. And there's a couple of them together stuck in one particular compartment, you know, saying, yeah, we've got about eight foot of debris above us and we can't move from here. So hopefully, hopefully they did actually make a call to emergency services to say they were there before they videoed that and used their battery up. Um, <laughs> you use your battery for the for yeah. the wise thing first. Yeah, well, that's it. But look, the, the video got out there, so um, they must have done the right thing. But yeah, hopefully they um the, they all get through that recovery phase, and um, we're sorry if anyone's lost anyone they know. Story of the week. This is something else that's been going viral online. Actually, is a school band. All the kids are up on stage playing their instruments. I think the jingle bells they're playing, and they are way. <laughs> 
way out of tune. You know, you know what it's like, mate. At the end of the year, the kids all get together and do their concert, and we have to sit in this hot, stinking hot school hall while they're doing well, that thing. To be honest, mate, you can thank COVID for this, but this year it's all online. You know, oh. the usual school that our kids used to go to together. Um, it's they're not having a end of year prize giving this year. It's going to be online, and I believe it. Or not, most people that I've talked to have actually given the given the old fist pump and gone yes, because last year when we had it, it was so stinking hot in the hall and everyone was sweating and just about dying. Yeah, this year no no prize giving. Woohoo! So okay, because <laughs> I mean, let's just clarify this: the kids do put a lot of effort into their show, but it's just the conditions that we have to sit in to watch it. <laughs> It That's is. right. right. Oh. It's not the kids, it's the conditions. It's the conditions, yeah. yeah, because I know that a few years back we did it in the school playground, which was great because it was outdoors, but the last few years it's moved to the high school hall, yeah, yeah. which is just a sauna. Like yeah, you, can yeah, literally so you can literally take a tomato seed in there with you and after, after two hours it's a frigging plant. <laughs> <laughs> so hot in there but it like, is like a, yeah, like a ton of wheels but here's a little clip for you have a listen to this school band playing jingle bells <laughs> You know, at least that one kid was in tune. The rest of them, questionable. But anyway, yeah. they've got another year now to practice. <laughs> it's usually the way they get the one kid that can actually hold a note. They get him to go out the front. You're out mm. the front and you're holding the note. Everyone else is like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mum. I can see <laughs> you. Look at my triangle. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, kid, it's your solo. <laughs> Training. Me and the family spent, like I said earlier on in the thing, we spent a weekend at uh, over at Cook's Beach, place we go to in New Zealand here for uh, for holidays and things. But Beautiful. you know, we've got the family beach house over there. The cool thing at the moment, and I, it's it's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a bad thing that poor old Auckland's in lockdown. They've been in lockdown now for months. But the good thing is, there's none of them over at the beach. <laughs> and I tell you what, we went to the beach, and it is the quietest I've ever seen Cook's Beach. For this time of you year. You could literally tie your boat when you're launching it to the pontoon and go for a swim off the pontoon and and just there was no one. There were no vehicles in the car park for the boat ramp. There was probably one or two people walking along the beach and it was just a total ghost town. We couldn't believe it. It's We've never seen it that quiet unless you go there in the old days in the middle of winter. Yeah, yeah. That would have been strange. But the thing is, though, the Aucklanders are allowed out from the 15th of December, aren't they? So uh, I think your, your summer's going to be very busy this year. It worries yep. me, though, because COVID numbers by the end of January will just be through the roof, I reckon. <laughs> Probably. Everyone on the Coromandel Peninsula will be in self-isolation and no one's allowed anywhere. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're, they, uh, I think they've got to have a, like a, uh, a negative, sorry, negative test to get out of Auckland. So, um, or be double vaxxed. So, yep. I'm uh, guessing it'll be okay, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Well, let's hope. It just proves a point, though, that most of the beach houses in Cook's Beach, and those, they're all owned, it's all the Aucklanders, eh, that own them. I guess it's fairly close to where they live, so they shouldn't yeah. be having beach houses in those areas. So what do they call those? They're absentee ratepayers, eh? That's what they call them. So isn't it like, as I'm sure Cook's Beach was like 85% absentee homeowners or something. Oh, it would be. It would be. Mate, we walked around, and I reckon every every street had one house that actually had people at it. Like in say ninety percent of the street would just be all blanked up, boarded up houses, you know. So and there's no one there. 
Mm. I know having people there is good for the local economy, but shit, it's good when it's all to yourself, eh? It's yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> it is. It's really good. And I, and I do feel for the businesses, the local oh, businesses. Yeah. Probably they've been struggling for a while. And I think this summer is going to be a booming summer for them. I think they'll make up for their lost numbers, eh? Because there's just going to be so many people at the beach. Yeah, exactly. And look, if, if you are traveling uh, for summer, do the right thing. But uh, the main thing is enjoy yourself. I think coming from Andy's perspective as well is one thing I've probably noticed is uh, the, the roads are very quiet at the moment. And I think once they open that border from Auckland, I think one thing that they all should do, and if anyone's listening and is going to go to the beaches this summer, just slow down on the roads and be patient. We don't want to hear that bloody fire siren going off every five minutes. The unfortunate thing is it's bound to, especially after a bit of rain as well, because that road up the centre of the peninsula is so notorious. It's because a lot of truckies use it and they tend to fuel up in in the southern part of the peninsula before they actually get onto that road. They spill a lot of diesel. And then when it rains, that diesel yeah. comes up to the top and it forms what they call summer ice. So Yeah, it's good fun sliding around on that. Oh, doesn't it? <laughs> I friggin' hate it. We had an incident last oh, Every time we come back over the Copacoi, we've got a corner and we call it Wahoo Corner or something like that. They call okay. it. I can't remember the exact name, but the kids have got a name for it. And uh, we came around the corner and the tailback, when you're getting uh, leaving the Coromandel Peninsula at the end of summer sort of holidays, people are going to go back to work. There's usually a big tailback from the intersection. And we thought the tailback might be a couple of kilometres long. Oh, no, it was like 10 kilometres long, and mm. it was way back onto one of the blind corners on the Copahikawai, and me coming back over with four kids in the car, a dog on the back, a ute load of stuff, and a boat on the back full of stuff, come around the corner, and the traffic was stopped. I had oh, nowhere to go. Really? So I all I could do was hit the brakes, and luckily I managed to line the vehicle up with the other side of the road and slid up the side of the road and parked my vehicle next to the guy on the on the normal side of the road beside wow. me, and he just looked. He just looked to the side and just gave me a little nod, as if to say that was the right thing to do. But yeah, you know, he was expecting it. I think he was, he must have been waiting for someone to crash into the back of him. Oh uh, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Is it just by that house that is off the grid? There's a house. There's a house on that yeah, corner yeah, which yep. is is not yeah. actually connected to power. It runs on solar panels. That house. Yeah, it's up up that hill. Going back up yeah. that hill from there. On that there's, big, long, sweeping, blind corner. There's a yeah. couple of cars down the bank there. Is there? Yes, there is. There's a few down there, which were never retrieved. Yeah, yeah. I could have just just about been. If someone had been coming the other way, on the other side of the road, I would have been in deep shit because I had nowhere to go. Yeah. But I managed to go to the other side of the road because I couldn't see that nothing was coming. Mm. Yeah. And oh, you so, did yeah, what you the Copacoi definitely gets busy in those summer months. Scary, yeah. eh? Well, I mean, a few oh, couple yeah. of years ago, myself and my co-host on More FM there, Michelle, we were driving up to Fitianga from Thames. It only got about two or three k's out, and uh, it was a wet day. And there was a guy coming towards us who went around a 50k corner a little bit faster than 50k's, and he must have put his brakes on, locked up his rear wheels, and just started fishtailing. And we're towing this big barbecue trailer in the station vehicle, and we've got a massive heavy PA system, speaker system in the back of the car. So we've got all this extra weight. This guy fishtailing towards us, he ends up sliding into our lane and we just T-bine him. We had no chance to get out of his way. Uh, his car ended up on its side. And I've got to say, if there was a passenger in his car, they might have come out uh, not so good. But um, yeah, I have so much more respect for that road. Um, I think the guy got got a bit of a fine and a six-month driving ban. And obviously we were, we were sort of, you know, we didn't get into trouble because we did no wrong. But, uh, yeah, it was a scary situation, and I've always been very wary of that road, even driving up there in a fire truck to go and help other people. You know, I've always been a little bit, uh, not so much scared of it, but a little bit more alert when driving yeah, on it. It's a notorious piece of road, that's for sure. Yeah, it's not good. First world problem, mate. I'm going to share it with you right now. I know there's a lot out there <laughs> that people do. Yeah, my first world problem, I've lost my Christmas stocking. Now, oh, no. yeah, you probably you probably laugh, but I I have always stuck with tradition. I always had a stocking every single year because it's nice to get those little bits in there, you know. And yeah. I can't find the bloody thing. I, I I think I put it away last Christmas, and I don't know where I put it. But I mean, everyone else has got theirs in the house. My wife always says because her stocking, kids have got their big stocking. She's got this little tiny one. It's only yeah. like must be about three or four inches long. <laughs> and probably that square, and because that's because she says to me that all the all the best and most expensive presents come in tiny little packets, 
So she basically wants jewellery for Christmas every year. <laughs> <laughs> and does she ever get it? Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does it fit a nice big candy cane in it? That's a good idea. I could just put a big candy cane in it. That'll be enough. Yeah. Or get a. She's already got her. She's already got her Christmas present this year. What was that? It was the e-bike, wasn't it? That's right. She got. She's joined the e-bike revolution. She's, That's right. She's got her e-bike, and she's happy now. She's been out for a hoon a few times. Well, you can actually buy these plastic rings that have this big diamond lolly on them. You should just put one of those in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call it an eternity uh, ring and it'll last an eternity as long as you don't suck on it. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise it only lasts <laughs> about half an hour. The kids, yeah, the kids certainly uh certainly don't hang around when it comes to those. Anyway. Uh talking to the kids, mate, I thought we'd do small talk um for this particular episode as we're getting closer to Christmas now. We'll do the small talk Christmas edition. So uh, all the all the questions are gonna be Christmas related. Here we go. Small talk! The Christmas edition. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashlyn. Hi, I'm Blake. Hi, I'm Mia. Hi, I'm Chloe. What is the best thing about Christmas apart from presents? Um, spending time with the family that you barely ever see. Presents. <laughs> apart from the presents. <laughs> stockings. And why stockings? Because you get candy. Ashlyn? Family time. Family time. And what was the best part of family time? Um, that you get to hang out with your family. Yeah. just. And what's your favourite thing to have for breakfast on Christmas Day? Um, Maybe pancakes or bacon and eggs on toast. <laughs> Always bacon, eh, Mia? Yeah. Pancakes. Yeah. What's the most annoying thing about Christmas? Um, All the busy roads. Probably the same. <laughs> that it only happens once a year. That it's at the end of the year. So you've got to wait like an entire year to get there. Yep. Yeah. How does Santa get down the chimney... If it's too small for him. He could have magic power that makes him turn small. Okay. Um, yeah, like magic. Sucking his guts. Yep. <laughs> he has magic and he makes himself skinnier. Yeah, the same. <laughs> yeah, the same. What does Santa feed his reindeer? Carrots and reindeer food. And what's in reindeer food? Like, um, maybe, like, Grass or something? Grass. Like you get yeah. those little packets with... Um, oh, like glitter and stuff in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That okay. you get for reindeers. Because cause like grass probably won't make them fly, eh? But the glitter probably will, eh? Yeah. I Is that like know. fairy dust or something? Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Would you rather eat Christmas cookies for six months or candy canes for six months? And why? Candy canes because they're more sweet um, probably the cookies, because they'll probably give you, like, more energy. Mm. Fair enough. Candy canes, because right. it states the word candy in it. <laughs> Mia? Um, candy canes, because they're sweet and yummy. So not cookies? Cookies are. Because cookies are sweet and yummy as well. Yep, but they don't have the word candy in it. I like c- candies more. I like Christmas, um... Candy canes. Candy canes more than cookies. Okay. You're going to say Christmas. What? So do you think, what, candy canes... Just sort of feel more Christmassy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How old is Santa? Hundreds of years old. How many hundreds? Fifty. Hundred and fifty. Or fifty hundreds. So five thousand. Yeah. Okay. Probably around a million years old. You reckon he's a million years old? So you mean <laughs> so you mean like when the cavemen were around, he yeah. was still bringing them presents? Yep. Yeah. Wow. What about the dinosaurs? Do you think he brought the dinosaurs presents as well? Nope. No? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What kind of presents would a dinosaur get, do you Grass, reckon? leaves, meat. <laughs> That's. Do you reckon that would be exciting for a dinosaur? No. Because they can get that stuff anyway. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. No. 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 <laughs> One thousand seven hundred and fifty-five. That's pretty old. <laughs> 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 the same. The same. Uh, why do you think Santa chose to live in the North Pole and not in the South Pole? Because it's colder and nobody can go there. Yeah. Um, maybe it's more tropical. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe because North Pole sounds better than the South Pole. Fair enough. <laughs> because there's ice there, and, and usually um, Santa 
he has to fly all around the world, so he has to stay in the... Usually it can be at the top or the bottom of mm. um, the world, so we can get around it in, in a circle. Oh, okay. Um, Do you think it's easier to take off with a sleigh when it's on ice? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Mia, what do you reckon? Um, because he could, like... Maybe because he's closer to some of the um, islands and then he could just go in a straight line and then turn around and go around the world. Very good. Small talk! Well, Christmas shopping is all done, mate. It's normally done on Christmas Eve by me. Um, but now it's all done because I've had to buy for a secret Santa for work. Uh, to get some bits for my parents, my brother, his wife and kids as well. And... You know, the good thing is, is that now I don't have to worry about it. It's like, it's just a massive weight off my shoulders. Tomorrow is the um, the work Christmas do. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, so that'll be, that'll be good fun. Looking forward to that. But no, the thing is, though, it doesn't matter how much Christmas shopping I do. The wife has always done more. And um, <laughs> honestly, man, I, I, I struggle. I struggle for gift ideas, eh? But my wife will go out. She'll come back in a couple of hours and she will just have a bootload of stuff for, like, everyone we know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This person, that person, this person, this person, this person, you know, and it's like, wow, okay. Because, um, like, Christmas morning, as a dad, you watch that, you know, you got your coffee and you watch the kids open up their presents and they're like, oh, thanks, mum and dad. And you're like, yeah, cool. No worries. Yeah. And you're just That's as awesome. excited as they are. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, you lean over and you go, What's in that present? Actually, yeah. like you don't know. And you're like, actually, I don't know what's yeah, in that one. I legitimately don't. And your wife's looking at you going, you broke. Yeah. Hey, believe it or not, I'm the opposite this year. Mm. My wife has been so busy with her job and so busy with all the other bits she's had going on that uh, I actually have had a bit of a gap in my workload for my business. So I, um, I got the job of going Christmas shopping this year. Oh, nice. Oh, my God, I am not a shopper, eh? I'm like an old school <laughs> farmer that doesn't want to go near the dairy, you know? I just, <laughs> I've been over to Hamilton and I've been down to Taronga to go Christmas shopping. And I'll tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm fucking over going near shops. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's done, done now, eh? I've done 90% of the shopping and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm the same as you. Once you get a bit of it out of the way and you start to get something, you know, right, I've got this to get and that to get, and that's pretty much everything done. You know, that weight comes off your shoulders and you're like, oh, thank yeah. God. And you start to go, as a kid, you go, God, I love this time of the year. Santa's coming and you get so many presents. When you're an adult, you're like, fuck, I hate this time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It really, yeah. Uh, look, I mean, Today I did an eleven-hour shift at work, so I, I had no shit shot in hell of getting out to get gifts. So I'm always thankful for my wife and uh, being able to pop out and do it. I found this interesting thing of women who got really bad gifts for Christmas, and I'll just read a few out to you. And these are also things that you should never give your wife as well. And it comes from stories. Uh, a lady called Megan said, "I got razor a razor and deodorant." Uh, I said to him. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something? Uh, Colleen says a college boyfriend gave me a diamond necklace. I later found out that he stole the money from his roommates to buy it. She <laughs> said, I felt pretty terrible, but I totally kept that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, candles that smelled like his cologne with his face taped on them from Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> she might have liked the, the way he smelled. Maybe. Uh, this one here from uh, Kimmy says an ex-boyfriend once got me a video game on my birthday and then he played it incessantly because it's the one he wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Like buying your missus a fishing rod for Christmas, eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, New fishing rod, love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's a nice fishing rod. Can I give it a try? Um, Olivia says a photo of herself. So her partner gave her a selfie. Um... (laughs) This one here says, after I specifically asked for no lotion sets because I had too many, he got me a pony, pomegranate scented lotion set. When I asked him why, he said, I saw you eat a pomegranate once, so I thought you might like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets to a movie she doesn't want to see. Uh, ungrateful. Gift- They're just ungrateful, mate. Yeah, exactly. It was tickets to the Garfield movie. He then met up with another guy there and they talked through the whole film. The only thing he said to me was, do mad cows really run that fast? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and also 
gifts that hint at marriage before it's even been discussed. That's uh yeah, that's a bit of a no no. That's a bit of a no no that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there goes a few gifts not to get your partner. Um, or well, I mean, obviously your wife. You're already married, so the, the wedding one yeah. doesn't really matter too much. Um, right, mate. So, do you fancy a bit of a dad joke off, but with a bit of a Christmassy feel to it this year? We can try our best. Mm-hmm. Definitely try our best. Dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. The Christmas edition. <laughs> I found some pretty lame ones. <laughs> oh, sweet. Five dad jokes each, and we're going to do five. We're doing five. We always do five. Do we? Yeah. Welcome to the pod. Welcome to the podcast, Oren. Yeah, yeah. I must have been asleep the whole time. (laughs) What for the last (laughs) the last seven episodes? (laughs) Yeah. So have you got have you got five Christmas related dad jokes? I have. I have. Good because that's the only way this feature is going to work (laughs) if we are fully prepped. All right, mate, you go. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. We're into it. What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? I have no idea. An abdominable snowman. (laughs) Uh, The sweater I got for Christmas was picking up static electricity, so I went to the store to return it. They gave me another one, free of charge. (laughs) (laughs) What does Santa's little helpers learn at school? I'm not sure. The elf a bit. <laughs> You're right. You said you said they were lame. You're right. Uh, they're pretty bad. <laughs> dad got a Christmas tree and his little daughter asked, Dad, are you going to put it up yourself? The dad said, no, I was going to put it in the living room. <laughs> 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 what is the best Christmas present ever? No idea. A broken drum. You just can't beat it. <laughs> it's true. What are Santa's top three garden tools? Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, why did I not think of that? How did the ornament get addicted to Christmas? I don't know. He was hooked on Christmas trees his whole life. <laughs> How much does Santa pay to park the sleigh? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's on the house. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. <laughs> this is your last one, mate, so I'm sure you're thankful for that. What's every parent's favourite Christmas carol? I've no idea. Silent night. <laughs> Night, come on, that's a good one. Once the kids go to bed, Uh, why is is, is Santa's sack so big? Because he only comes once a year. Oh, (laughs) Uh, but he does, though. I I think you might win that one. (laughs) That's technically the truth. Well, it is really. (laughs) Yeah, so if if your mind went the wrong way on that one, then that's that's uh, that's on your shoulders. I must have, but I've got a dirty mind, mate. I've got a real dirty mind. So. <laughs> Doesn't It takes less than that for my mind to go to the gutter. <laughs> dad jokes are bad jokes, but actually they're good jokes because we're dads. So I don't know how many people are going to be able to travel for Christmas, New Year's, etc., etc. I know that from mid-January we can travel to Rarotonga, which would be quite nice. Absolutely love Rarotonga. It's got a very, very uh, big place in my heart, given that it's where I had my honeymoon and had a couple of other holidays there as well i've just always enjoyed them such a beautiful spot but like the thing is though is that when you're traveling obviously the name chappelle comes to mind doesn't it chappelle corby because remember how uh (laughs) well you know how she was i don't know what the situation was i mean she had all these drugs in her bag and she claimed that were put in there and she didn't do it well here's the thing you can't trust baggage handlers when you're traveling or some of them at least anyway, because you could almost fall into that category. Couldn't you imagine turning yeah, up at yeah. an airport in a foreign country and your, your baggage is full of drugs. How do you prove they're not yours? And the reason why I say this is because another 14 people have been arrested as part of an investigation into the smuggling of drugs into New Zealand using baggage handlers. So that's a total oh. of 24 people after a six month investigation uh, it just it was it like 30 kilos of methamphetamine packed and disguised as taro and cassava in a container from Tonga to the port of Auckland 
Yeah, which is just yeah, crazy. I, I heard a little bit about it, but I didn't realise it was that bad. But can you imagine if they smuggled that into your bag? You'd been on holiday in Tonga. You get to Auckland, your bag is full of like taro and cassava, which is actually full of methamphetamine. How do you explain yourself out of that one? From my experiences with the travel, I reckon if if you're a legitimate traveller, you've done a lot of travel, you've never had any problems, and you're just a legitimate family man, and all of a sudden you show up at an airport with a bag full of drugs, I think you'll probably get investigated, but you'll be let off because they'll figure out that drug traffickers have got a hold of your stuff. Mm. You know, like um, we've always locked our bags when we've gone through airports all over all over the world, eh? But the funniest one that we've had, it wasn't to do with drugs, but it was to do with locking your bag. And I got told this by someone as well. They reckon that if you put a padlock on your bag a lot of the time, when it goes through the airport, there's sometimes the um, baggage and people that, like, if they suspect anything's in your bag, they'll just smash the locks off your bag. Mm. And uh, we had a similar thing. We, we put our bags, we're about to go through the X-ray at the airport and we're traveling to America on New Year's Eve of all times. And uh, the guy came along and said, no, no, you two, pull your bags over here, took our bags aside, I got us to unlock our bags, pulled everything out of the bags, all over the table, went through everything we had and just left it laying all over these tables and then just went, oh, no, you're all right, thanks, see you later, walked <laughs> off, left Good. us there to repack everything back into our bags. Oh, far out. Oh, it was a pain, man. Had to pack everything back in and we lost our spot in the bloody queue, so we had to go back to the back of the queue. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a good video doing the rounds online, actually, of a group of friends who are traveling through an airport. And what they've done is this group has actually set up this girl and they've put this massive big floppy dildo into her bag and it's actually been searched. And, <laughs> and the guy opens up the uh, the bag and first thing he pulls out is this massive dildo that's just like bloop, 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 flopping around. <laughs> And she's like, that's not mine. And the look on this guy's face is like, whatever, love. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love it. That's yeah. yours. Yeah. Actually, another similar thing. We're talking about locking your bags. I thought I'd do an experiment. And this was last time I went to Australia because my parents used to live in Brisbane. We traveled there a couple of times to go and see them. And what I did is I have these padlocks, which only have like three digits on them, three digit combinations. So if anyone wanted to, they could either rip them off or figure out the number. Uh, Cause then it's like one to nine, or was it zero, zero, one to nine, 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 isn't it? And yeah. anyway, so what I did is I left the specific combination on the lock. I think it was like one, two, three. I think it was, it was just the most basic. And once I got to Australia, I checked it and the three numbers had changed. And I just thought, oh yeah, cheeky fuckers. Someone's been having a nudge. Yeah, yeah, someone's had a go at it. Yeah, so my, <laughs> my experiment was conclusive. Yeah. Someone legitimately was having a wee look at the old uh, the old padlock on the bag, and I thought, <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. It's funny what people think they can get away with. You see those shows on TV where people try and get through airports with, like, all this fruit and vegetables and drugs and all mm. this shit. You just think, what an idiot. We went through the airport one time, and we were going to Australia to see my sister, and we took Easter eggs with us wrapped in tinfoil. Oh, yeah. All legitimate chocolate Cadbury Easter eggs through the airport. And the guy asked us at the thing, have you got any food or thing, you know, like food or beverages in your bag? And we went, no, no, no food and all that. And he put it oh. through the x-ray machine and he goes, you have got food in your bag. Can you remember what it is? And we looked at him and we're like, what? And he showed us, he actually got us to have a look at the x-ray and the Easter eggs in that tinfoil wrap, man, they stood out, stood out like dog's balls. Eh? About the and same goes, shape too. Yeah, he goes, have you got some Easter eggs in there? And we went, oh, yeah, shit, we've got Easter eggs. And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. You're all right. Those are, those are legit. They can go through. <laughs> oh, that's lucky. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a nice, you got a nice officer. That's lucky. Yeah, yeah. I remember going, yeah, to, yeah. going to Samoa, and um, we were given fruit on the plane, and I was given an orange and forgot to eat it. And so I put it in my carry-on bag. And we just got stopped randomly in the airport. Are you carrying any food? And they took us to this little kiosk. No, we're not carrying anything. Looked in my bag. And found the orange, yeah. and I think luckily they saw that as a mistake. Yeah. So they took the orange off me and just said, "Look, don't do that again." And you can understand why, but I just yeah, honestly, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think I had this orange in my bag, which I just put in there subconsciously after I didn't eat it on the plane, and no food on me. <laughs> Whatever. We, we had a we had a similar one coming back from Fiji. Um, I had a backpack on, and we brought the they taking the kids to Fiji, and we we're coming back. 
walking through Auckland Airport and I had a backpack on and I had a banana in the backpack. I didn't even, I, and it was one we got brought in Fiji and I put it in there for a snack on the plane, never ate it and was sitting in the bag. And I'd totally forgotten about it. I said, have you got any fruit or vegetables? No, 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 no. Walking along. Next thing you know, this woman's coming through the, the crew, you know, the queue of people with a little dog. And the kids are like, oh, look at the little doggy. And it comes up and sits down in front of me. And I'm like, this isn't good. <laughs> and it sits there and the woman goes, oh, the dog's indicated you've got something in your bag. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, like, what have yeah. I forgotten about? And then she's like, have you got any fruit or vegetables in your bag? And I'm like, um, I don't think so. And then I went, oh, shit, i got a banana in there. And she goes, she got me to open the bag up. Sure enough, there's a bloody banana in there. And then she goes, oh, can you just please put it in the in the thing over there and dispose of it, you know, rah, rah. And I said, oh, I forgot. Sorry about that. I forgot all about it. And they were pretty good. They were like, yeah, okay, off you go. So yeah, I just had to put it in the waste bin thing. They're, they're actually pretty good at reading people, aren't they? Um, yeah. I mean, they can tell when someone looks a bit shifty. Yeah. Um, they can look at your body language. And, they and, and you know, they, they all – because. I made friends with someone through a friend who was who's working, who was, I don't know if they are now, but they were working at Auckland Airport with a sniffer dog. And they were saying that they are trained in body language. They can also tell when someone is being legitimately like, oh, I didn't know, or I forgot. They, they can tell. But when someone's going, oh, I didn't know, you know, it's yeah, quite, yeah. It's kind oh, of yeah. obvious. They can, pick up, <laughs> they, they can pick up on it. So, you know, they know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 that's it. I mean, I remember my first ever meeting with one of those particular officers um, at Customs was in America. We were off to Disneyland, Florida, I think it was. They're always fun to deal with, eh? Yeah, but <laughs> I was, I was yeah. about six or seven years old, and I distinctly remember having a big argument with this one guy because we'd left New Zealand on a Tuesday, and it took us X amount of time to get to America and by the time we got there, it was there Wednesday. And so in my mind, it was still Tuesday. And so when this guy was, it was taught, it must have been talking to my mum or something. Hey, it's, you know, it's Wednesday. And I was like, no, it's not. It's Tuesday. And he said, no, it's not. It's Wednesday. And I remember getting fucking heated with this guy. I was like seven, <laughs> seven years old. And I just thought, he, I must have walked away from that thinking, or he must have watched me walk away from that thinking, that little shit. Is that what all kids <laughs> from New Zealand are like? You know. I just, you get oh. so disorientated, eh, when you're on long flights, so you just get off and you think, what fucking day? Where am I? Yeah, what am I doing? Exactly. <laughs> but I just I, we, had a summer, we had a funny experience getting off a long flight and we landed at Gatwick Airport in the UK. Mm. And we got on the little, there's a little, you probably know it, there's like a little bus thing that goes between the two terminals, like a little train. Yeah. We got off that. Anyway, we had to go to the other terminal and do something, and we got off that thing. And we just as we walked out the bloody automatic doors into the main foyer area, there was like a big police raid going on, and there was about 20 cops standing around in a big circle with, like, machine guns. Well, they heard someone called Oren was walking oh, in there with a banana in his bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we walked out the door, and Aaron and my missus and I just – came to an instant stop and just stopped and looked at them. And the police officer standing in the middle of me just gave me a nod and just sort of get, indicated for me to go to the side and walk away. And I was like, yep, <laughs> I'm out of here, man. We fucking took off. Yeah, I don't know what was going on, but there was a lot of cops with guns. <laughs> well, that's, it sounds like a fun welcome party, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Walk into the airport and holy crap. <laughs> Far out. Did you ever find out what it was they were doing? No, I don't know. Maybe there was someone on a flight that they'll maybe that they were waiting to pick up, you know, like a criminal or someone that was thought they were getting away with something, but obviously weren't. <laughs> yeah, crap. That would be uh, that would be insane, eh? I just it reminds me of Con Air, actually. That kind of situation. You see that movie Con Air? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be crazy, wouldn't it? If someone had taken over a plane that you were on, holy crap! Bit of a bit of a fear, not really. Well, that's it. I mean, don't don't a lot of planes Flying these days have enough. undercover? Don't they have undercover marshals a lot of these flights these days? I don't know if they're yeah, domestic I don't ones. Know what US flights do I? Like, I know the US Air Marshals and that they fly on the planes all the time. I reckon that must be the most boring fucking job, eh? Like, I was like, honey, I'm off to work. Where are you oh, headed today? Oh, I'll go to Washington, then I'm off to uh, New York, and then I'm back to Washington, and then I'm back to New York again. Same old. <laughs> yeah, same old. 
It's not a bad job. Unless something <laughs> goes really bad, then you have to try and like use your gun and defend everybody and stuff. But <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, a lot of those air marshals might not ever have to use their skills, though, eh? You can imagine you're training up for this and you never have to use it. That's like me being a firefighter and never using a fire hose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. You've got to train for these things. You never know. You might need it one day. Well, that's it, mate. I mean, you don't get the job unless you know what you're doing. <laughs> My wife and I have done a lot of travel. We've flown all over the place, all over the world, and, you, and you, I kind of miss it in a way. You know, it's quite – it's an interesting experience. You get to meet some pretty amazing people, yeah. see some cool places around the world, eh? But even the, the experiences you get on airplanes or in airports, like sometimes they can be very boring at times, but other times it's actually quite entertaining and quite fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. But sometimes when you when you go to other countries that speak different languages to you, the, the the language barrier can be an issue, you know, which is part and parcel of it, really. I mean, I remember going to uh, where was it Madeira? Um, it was a stop off, and we were on a cruise many years ago, yeah. and we jumped on this tour bus and were taken to the top of this big hill, which had the most amazing views of Madeira from the top. And there were these little local kids there, and they were begging for money. And I oh, was at 94, I think it was. So I was only about 13. And I remember this kid asking for money. And I said, I don't have any money. And you could, he would just said it. It's like, kiss my ass. <laughs> and I, that, was my, that was my memory of a holiday to Madeira. One of the local kids saying, kiss my ass. And he, he knew what he was saying. But I think that was the only English phrase he knew. Because he obviously spent a lot of time begging from tourists. Yeah. English-speaking tourists, and he's probably been told, kiss my ass a few times, and that's yeah, what yeah. he knows to say back to us, and that's actually one of my memories of <laughs> going to Madeira. Yeah, interesting. It's probably, probably the only English insult he knew. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's probably all he knew, and he didn't know what it meant, but it obviously got a good reaction, so he said it. Random memories just keep popping up now we've started talking about travel. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool. Eh? You, you start to think about <laughs> it and... Uh, the amount of times you've bartered. Oh, I remember being in Egypt and uh, we were in this little, this this big market in Egypt. It's one of the main markets. And we're in there and we're bartering with this guy about some, might have been sheets or blankets or something. You know, trying to barter with this guy about stuff. Anyway, he comes up and he goes, when I had my partner at the time and another girl was there with us. And he comes up to me and he goes, ah, oh, you're a lucky man. You have two wives. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and I said, no, no, they're not my wives. And he goes, ah. Oh, that one there goes, I give you five camels for her. <laughs> You're serious? Yeah. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, five camels. She, she's nice. And I was like, I was like surely. <laughs> Just five camels. Surely she was worth nine or ten at least. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Six, seven at least. What a cheapskate bastard. <laughs> Some of the shit that happens to you when you're overseas. Eh? <laughs> I had an experience in Turkey, which was really funny. It was funny but terrifying at the same time. Go ahead. I was walking down the street. I'd had a couple of drinks. <laughs> I was walking down yeah. the street in the afternoon after a bunch of us had been to a bar, and the tram lines in Turkey run down the main streets, like in the middle of the street where there's like hundreds of people walking. The trams just go roaring down the street. Anyway, I was walking along, and out of nowhere, this guy just comes running out of this shop and puts his arms around me and drags me into a shop. And I was almost ready to punch this guy. I was like, what the hell is going on? And I stood up in this tram right where I'd been standing in front of his shop, like one meter from the front door of his shop, just goes boom, straight past the front of the shop, this big tram oh, flying. So he's saying he to you. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, my friend, sometimes we're trying to save your life, not sell you something. And I just cracked up <laughs> laughing. Hey, Did like, you buy something off him? And I just... Patted him on the back and I said, thanks, mate. And he's like, no problem, no problem, no problem. And then I was like, fuck, I didn't see the tram coming. Shit, I, just, I would have bought something off him, eh? Yeah, out of nowhere, man. He just grabbed me and just dragged me into his shop. And this tram just like literally seconds later went boom, past. He must have known it was coming. Seen me oh. just half pissed walking along. <laughs> yeah, well, it's lucky, like, lucky, oh. lucky that was the reason he dragged you into his shop, eh? Because uh, that's not really the best way to get customers, is it? Yeah, yeah. Come and buy something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me manhandle you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, mate. Well, I figured I figured um, what we would do. You know how every year the Santa line opens for people to ring up and leave a message for Santa, uh, you know, to ask him 
or tell them rather what they would like for Christmas, I thought maybe we could ring the Santa line <laughs> and uh, just just leave a message for Santa and tell him what we want for Christmas. So I think I think we should do that. Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, it's ringing! It's ringing! Santa line. It is Santa Claus here. What I want you to do is leave a message after the tone and tell me what you'd like the most for Christmas. Before I do that, though, just a quick note. Don't leave me any ginger nut biscuits out for Christmas Eve because it gives me bad gas. And Mrs. Claus doesn't like the smell of my farts. Anyway, leave a message after the tone. <laughs> hey, Santa, it's Andy G here. And for Christmas, I'd love a scooter. You know, one of those big ones that I can ride around, not one of the little ones that the kids have. I'd love a Terry's chocolate orange because I have a chocolate problem. And I'd love some new boots for work as well. Hey, Santa, it's Oren here. I'd really like a new guitar, you know, like a really good quality one. Uh, I need some new shorts this year because I'm sort of getting a bit low on shorts. I seem to get paint on all of my ones. And uh, maybe a year's supply of free beer would be good too. Thanks. That'd be awesome. Oh, me too. Andy G. Yeah, that's me. Oren B. Yeah, that's me. You two have been naughty boys this year. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you cheeky friend. It's a yell bastard. He just hung up on us. <laughs> oh, I what knew that was going to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, what have you done wrong this year to be hung up oh. on by Santa? Jesus. Yeah, I know. Hey. No. <laughs> I, I, I eat all my dinner. I don't pee on the toilet seat. <laughs> I've been pretty good. I thought I was being good too. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. It's funny you just hung up and didn't give us a reason. Anyhow. Yeah. Anyway, Happy old bastard, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, he's oh, actually he's he's actually touted as a guest on one of our future future episodes, so I probably need to scrape him off that. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that'll wrap it up for this one, <laughs> episode eight. Uh, it's uh, sixteen weeks of Tradio, but we have episodes every two weeks on a Friday. The next one, December thirty first, the last day of twenty twenty one, which is just crazy to say. Uh, but come give us a like at facebook.com slash Tradio Podcast. You can email us to tradiochat at gmail.com if you want to say hello or if you want to be on the show. But anyway, Merry Christmas, mate. Ho, ho, ho. Yep. Merry oh, oh, Christmas. Oh, oh. I hope we have the best holiday season ever. Out of COVID, a bit of freedom, have a good time, and everyone relax and enjoy yourself. Absolutely. And I'll leave you with this thought for the day. At this time of year, don't park your car under any pear trees. Oh, partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, because it's full of partridges <laughs> and they will shit all over it. Shit all over your car. <laughs> Trade oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas to everybody in Tradio Land. Ho, ho, ho.